0: Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. We are continuing our No Longer Strangers sermon series that focuses on the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians teaches us about living as a community of faith that is not without conflict, but is full of faithful followers of Jesus who long to move from strangers to God and one another into embracing the gift of the family of faith. God reconciles divided people, breaking down barriers and uniting us as we are reminded of the wideness of God's mercy that is never ceasing. In this message of the week from August 1st, Pastor Jen Tyler shares from the second chapter of Ephesians that we are all united. No matter where we come from, Jesus has broken down the walls that divide us in order to unify us. Here is the First Church message of the week. So today we are continuing in our sermon series titled No Longer Strangers. Throughout the month of August, we're going to continue working our way through the book of Ephesians as we read together one chapter a week. I hope you'll join me in reading along with just one chapter a week as we make our way through all six chapters of this book. We are talking throughout this series about some of the themes in this book that remind us that in God we are called to be united in one community. And I have to say I love this illustration that Sandy opened with today with the Legos and the building and how we're all a little different and all a little the same. And I have to also be honest, though, because I didn't know she was going to do that. And you know what I kept thinking? Is anybody else thinking this? Man, please, exactly. Okay, so a couple people are on the same page as me. Please don't just, like, fall and crash and shatter, right? I was just really hoping that that would work out. And while it did, I also can't help but to name that, because sometimes that's what community feels a little like, isn't it? Like, sometimes it falls and it crashes, and it feels like it doesn't fit. And when it falls apart, like, it's never going to come back together. But because God is our way maker, God creates a way to unite us, to connect us, to bring us back together, and to heal, no matter what brokenness has been in the past, no matter the fact that I bet she's already pulled those Legos apart in the back. But tonight, we'll put them back together again. And that is a little bit about what communities like, that these blocks that are apart can come together to be united in the same way as we are called to be united in Christ. And so with that in mind, we give thanks, and I invite you to pray with me. Lord God, we open. We ask that you would open our ears, that we might hear your voice clearly in our midst, that you would open our eyes, that we can see you clearly, and our hearts, that we would love you more and more deeply as you rid us from many and all distractions, so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So we are reading through Ephesians this week, and so I want to open with our reading today. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 2. I am going to start today with verse 11. So then, remember that at one time you Gentiles by birth called the uncircumcision by those who are called the circumcision, a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh, he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, both of us have access to one spirit, in one spirit, to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the households of God built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. Here ends our reading today. So as we read these words, I clearly leading up to this week, VBS, the Vacation Bible School, is what has been on my mind. Uh, we had a great week, as was already mentioned. Uh, Vacation Bible School is one of my favorite weeks of summer, always, uh, and I hope that for some of you of all ages, whether you volunteered or attended something similar when you were young, it brings up a lot of good memories, doesn't it? memories of the fun and of the music and of the dancing. And for me now here at First Church, VBS will always be one of those weeks that I'm always incredibly amazed that in just one week we were able to raise the kind of money we were for our diaper ministry over $1,400 for our Bundles of Hope diaper ministry. Um, I have to say that when we set our goal and we had eight of us lined up and said, okay, if we raise $200, we'll even slime a second person and slime another person forever 200 after that. And I thought, well, we're going to be safe then. I'll just put a little money in someone else's jar, and we're not going to raise that kind of money. And you guys surprised me every time, and I love it. God is so good in the ways that God works through us in ministries like this. And as I've been reflecting on that and some of the other amazing memories that Vacation Bible School always conjures up for me, I started thinking about some of my other favorite summer memories— specifically ones that remind me of my great love of summer because well I love summer it's so nice to have a break when you can go outside without 50 layers on isn't it now don't get me wrong each season has its own you know charm and God bless those of you whose favorite season is winter Uh, but summer in my humble opinion is the best one And as an adult, part of the reason that I love summer is because some of my favorite things to do, I love to do outside. I love to hike, and I love to camp, and I love to kayak, and to bike, and to take my puppy for long walks in the sunshine. Those are, of course, just a few of the things I love to do. But my love of long days out in the sun, uh, especially in weeks where the air is a little clearer than it was this week... Well, it started for me at a really young age when my siblings and I would get up to uh, what I like to call innocent mischief outside. We did things like we built mini forts in the trees behind our house where we f- pretended we lived, right? And where sometimes we, you know, hid from our other siblings when we needed a little break with too many kids in the house. I loved spending time out in those woods in the peace and quiet, and at the same hand, I love when we rallied together the neighborhood kids for a pickup game of some sort, something a little competitive usually, that's where I get my competitive edge, I like to say. Um, I consider it a gift that for me, in the first 12 years of my life, we lived in this giant uh, apartment complex where there were, I think... Eight buildings that each had 12 apartments in them. So you can imagine how many in our little circle there had lots of children. And in the middle of all these buildings was a giant park that you could see from almost anywhere in the complex. And so all you pretty much had to do was go chill on the swings for a couple of minutes. And pretty soon somebody would come running along to play with. On lots of days, we would gather out in that park and we'd usually have some kind of pickup game. Somebody would bring a ball and whatever kind of ball they brought, that was the kind of game we played, right? So kickball, baseball, hockey, you, you name it. I know it's not a ball in hockey, but you get the point, right? Often when we played these games, though, we had that dreaded thing always to start the game. Do you know where this is going? You got to pick teams, Right? And folks would show up saying they want to play, and a couple of the older kids would inevitably nominate themselves to be captains and to pick the teams. One after the other, usually everyone got to play, but sometimes you had too many people, or worse yet, you had an odd number, and no team was going to get the advantage of having an extra player. When there was an old, odd player, my preference, because I have to admit, I'm not the most athletic person, so being the last picked was never a surprise to me as a kid. When I was going to be the last picked, though, my preference was at least if I got to be like a referee or something, that was way better than sitting on the sidelines. But sometimes being the last picked or being asked to be the referee instead of actually playing, that was better than being the last one that they begrudgingly said, oh, well, you can have Jen. It's not like she'll help your team much anyway. Right? And even if they didn't say it, have we all felt that a little bit once in a while? It's a classic childhood conundrum about choosing teams and not wanting to get left out or picked last. And I was thinking about that as I saw so many children out and about playing in the sun and outdoor games at VBS this week, because we had lots of games. Some of them late in the week had to be moved inside, of course. But it was fun to think about that. And I also, if I'm honest, was thinking about it in terms of our diaper ministry, as I saw those jars in the back. I always had this question in the back of my mind. You know, the first night, Pearl, I hope it's okay if I tell this, I didn't ask her. Pearl was helping with one of our groups and somebody put one penny in her jar, just one penny. Now, for context, the highest gift getter that day was a dollar and ten cents. So, uh, our first day was a little low. And Pearl was standing next to some of the children, and one of the little girls turns around and goes, ah, "You only got one penny!" <laughs> <laughs> and as we laughed about how cute that was, and the kids were so excited, it also made me wonder if sometimes that penny doesn't correlate to us feeling a little left out. If sometimes when we vote, even when we vote with our dollars, we don't run the risk of, well, who's going to be at the bottom? Are they going to feel less loved than the rest? Now, I fully thought about this acknowledging that I was truly 100% okay with being at the bottom and not getting slimed this week. Uh, I will spare you the description of what that cold, wet goop felt like pouring over my head, but it wasn't exactly pleasant. And so I decided that maybe I should just offer to donate all of my proceeds into someone else's jar, and wouldn't that be a great idea? Or maybe I should make sure I checked every night, and whoever was at the bottom of the list, maybe I should put my money in their jar... Now, I know I could go on about how silly that is, and clearly it's a bit of a lighthearted example because I think we all felt that tension of simultaneously wanting to raise all the money for the diapers and really being okay with not being in the top. But can you imagine how it would feel if no one put a penny even in your jar? That's kind of how it goes, whether it's about fundraising or games on the court or promotions at work. Life sometimes, no matter how young or old we might be, in life it always feels like there are insiders and outsiders, whether there should be or not. There are times and places when it feels like some people are more included or accepted, while others feel excluded or rejected, For many of us, I imagine, we've had both of these experiences. We have had those times often that we don't fully realize when we are on the inside and the world is good and as it should be, and maybe we've been guilty of not noticing the people on the outside because we're so focused and occupied with what's going on around us. And then there are other times that we can't help but to notice it because we're feeling rejected or excluded. And we feel the disparity of community that can be frustrating or disillusioning in these moments. Now, I name all of this in part because that's part of what we spent time thinking about this past week at Vacation Bible School. Our our theme for the week was, you are treasured, how we are all treasured by God. Our themes were about how God knows you, and God hears you, and God comforts you, and God chooses you. And this week, every time any one of those phrases was said, the children, the children were invited to shout back a response and to call out, you are treasured. Should we try that? Do you guys think the adults can handle it? Yeah? So I'm going to say God knows you, and then I want you to respond, you are treasured, okay? Friends, you are treasured. Ah, okay, good. So I messed it up, and you didn't mess it up for me. So well done. Okay, friends, God knows you. Now, every time I heard a chorus of voices shout this truth with the compelling joy that I knew children could, that I know you can, but to be honest, you didn't quite get there, right? (laughs) Hopefully, we'll get there when we do it again. But every time I heard it, I said a little prayer that not only would our children know this truth up here, but also that they would feel it, that they would be confident in it, that they would embrace it. And never, ever forget it. Not just throughout their childhood, but also throughout our lives as adults, too. Because sometimes, well, too often, I think, we don't create the space for us to acknowledge that need for us to know this truth, too. Because God wants to know and hear uh, hear and comfort and choose you. Friends, God knows you. God chooses you. You are treasured. You are treasured. A lesson that's not just for children; it's for all of us, and it's not just here today, but throughout all of time. In our passage that we heard today from Ephesians three uh, two, we heard a lot about who is in and out. We heard that phrase that our sermon series title came from, about how in Christ you are no longer strangers. There are no more divisions when we allow Christ to unite us. Even though in this passage we heard about some of those divisions, about the physical markers of circumcision and how that divides who's in or who's out, It's not limited to just a couple of categories, but a whole wide breadth of them. And then this passage goes on to tell us that these distinctions that we make, they're not of God, that we instead are called to break down the walls of hostility, it says, that divide us, that we are called to accept one another as God has already accepted us. In Christ, it says in uh, verse 13, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You have been brought near. Friends, this is good news. This is good news because it assures us that there is a wideness in God's mercy. This is good news because it assures us that Christ has destroyed all of those distinctions between insider and outsider, accepted and rejected. Because if we're honest, well, this is good news because it isn't just the folks out there that this passage is referring to, but sometimes I think, well, it's referring to us as the outsiders that we feel like we sometimes are, the ones who are welcome to be a part of the kingdom of God even when we feel unworthy, the ones who need to be reminded that we are not called to be strangers to God or one another, but to be community here in this place with these people and in this church that we are surrounded by. Things that aren't always easy, but that perhaps allow us to pause and to remember that you are treasured because there is a wideness in God's mercy. For sinners and for saints and for women and for men and for the elderly and the young, God's love and God's reach is far and wide. And God longs to hold you as if to look you in the eye and say, you are included. God hears you. God wants you to know that you are treasured. That is the radical message of Jesus. Not that you're an insider, even though none of us want to hear that maybe, but that because of Jesus, there are no longer insiders and outsiders. There are no longer accepted and rejected. There are no longer some who get to play the games and who get to be chosen first and others who have to stand on the sidelines or stand alone in an empty outfield where nobody really is ever going to hit the ball anyway. In Christ, there is none of that in or out. There is only the miracle of being included because Jesus has broken down the dividing walls and these two groups have now become one. One. Because we are included in the wideness of God's mercy. And there is nothing that can separate us from that love. Which is why it is up to us in turn not just to embrace that love, but to share it. Because the wideness of God's mercy calls upon us to do our part, to widen our own circle by embracing and living into the diversity and the vastness of that gift. Two of the many ways we get to practice that is by living into the wideness of God's mercy and some of the gifts that God gives us that are poured abundantly into our own lives. We've done that in a lot of ways, by welcoming children from all over our community, some from our church, and some from not, and some who were too young to be here, and some who were maybe too old, and so they came and volunteered. All were welcome this week at EBS. All are welcome in our church as we celebrate things like, you know, we had four weekends in the month of July, and we celebrated four baptisms. Isn't that amazing how much—yeah, we can celebrate that. I see some people cheering. Isn't it amazing that in part because of who you help us to be here, we are continuing each and every week in different ways to welcome people into the love of Jesus Christ that they get to claim for themselves too. And today we're going to do that in another way in a little bit. Hopefully you got your little communion cups if you're here in person or that you already gathered them. If you are worshiping with us online, you have something to do that. Because today we're going to celebrate and take time to practice the other sacrament, the sacrament of Holy Communion, that reminds us that all are welcome at God's table. And all that is required of us to share in this gift is even an just itty-bitty little inkling of a desire to come and join in. An itty-bitty tiny little inkling. Because friends, God wants to draw closer to you. God wants to know you more. And so I want to invite you to embrace this truth. We're going to prepare our hearts with a song here in a moment before we jump into communion. But as we do that, I want to invite you to respond once again. But instead of shouting out, you are treasured, this time I want you to claim it for yourself. And to proclaim with joy, not just because I'm telling you to, but embrace it and with joy. I want to hear that good energy And when I remind you of how God knows you, I want you to reply, I am treasured, and to hold that truth in our time of reflection. Friends, may you really, truly, deeply know with all of your being that God knows you, and I am treasured. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the first church message of the week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.